0: Hello, welcome to Searching for Service, a show designed to help current and future Rotarians find purpose through service. Our show's promise is a dedication to sharing stories, experiences, and opportunities for those searching for service. And how Rotary has been the organization to bring it all together. The goal of the show is to grow the Rotary family by connecting through service projects. I'm Kelly Kirk, and with me...
1: Joseph Kirk
0: the infamous Joseph Kirk. And we have an incredible special guest with us today, somebody who we know, like, and trust very, very much, too. So, Joe, do you want to give a nice little introduction to who our guest is today?
1: Yeah, today we are lucky enough to have Tom Gump. He has many roles within Rotary and has served (laughs) just about all of them, but currently is the aide to the Rotary International President nominee And remind me the name of the name.
2: Stephanie
1: Yurchick. Thank you. I'm going to get spanked for that later. (laughs) 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 Uh, But, Tom, you are a former uh, District 5950 uh, governor. I mean, you've been president. You've kind of done it all. And uh, I, I think really to start us off is how did you get started on this amazing Rotary journey?
2: Well, thank you very much for having me today, and that is a great question. Uh, actually, back in 1996, I wanted to join Rotary. I was an assistant district attorney living in the Atlanta area at the time. Atlanta, um, Sorry, Hotlanta. had to. Yes, yes, <laughs> Hotlanta. And um, the district attorney, uh, she had the, quote, law enforcement position within Rotary because you used to have classifications in Rotary where you would only have one attorney, you'd only have one doctor, you'd only have one business person. Um, so I wasn't able to join. So then, fast forward uh, to 2000 um, ish, um, we moved to, I moved from Georgia to San Francisco, then to Minneapolis, uh, because my wife grew up here. And my next door neighbor, who I work out with three times a week, kept asking me to come to his Rotary Club. And at first, I was kind of resistant because you know, Rotary didn't want me back then, so I thought maybe they don't want me now. Um, but I finally gave in because he was persistent. And it was a great thing because I went there and our club, which you are now both a part of, mm-hmm. um, was very welcoming. And so I decided to join and it was great. Never look back. Never look back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and look feet. at you now. Look at you now. <laughs> well,
1: and talk to us briefly about – what were the, what were the service opportunities on the front end that really kind of captured you, and then how did that lead into uh, you becoming more of a uh, on the leadership
2: side? Well, it's interesting because the first day I visited, uh, Dave went said I needed to be in charge of our camp enterprise, and I was like, "Well, wait a minute, I'm not a club member yet, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what camp enterprise is." Uh, but he got me involved in that, and it's a great program where we bring in 120 high school students. And we teach them about the free enterprise system. Um, And they really bond and we give scholarships. It was great. Um, And it's interesting because a lot of people talk about when they joined Rotary and then a lot of people talk about when they became a Rotarian. And the Rotarian part is when you realize it's about service above self. So my first service trip abroad uh, was to Honduras when we were doing a fresh water project. And we started our first couple days by going to villages where we actually installed water infiltration system and things like that. Um, and the children were all happy, dancing, singing, it was great. Then we went to the areas that we had not served yet where the infant mortality rate is somewhere around 85%. Um, so it really changes your life and you realize about how much we really can do if we put others above ourselves. So, Wow. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it is. That's an amazing introduction. I, like, as,
0: you, as you were starting off and you are like, um, most people talk about how they become – A rotary member and i'm like getting flashbacks and i've been a member only since february of this year and i'm like yes it's been so wonderful and it's been like family but then you 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 know piggybacked off of that saying but when you become a rotarian and you know i'm like i wonder when that'll be for me like i understand well i guess maybe it's right now doing all of this so that's cool Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally going to say the same thing. I'm like, <coughs>
1: the, the, the project that you're working yeah. on right now. Yeah. Uh, Tom, talk to us a little bit about your kind of ascension through Rotary and how, what brought you to it? And then, you know, what were the steps that you took? So, starting with, I'm going to guess that you're going to start with becoming the president of your local. Um, your, your local club?
2: Sure. Well, I think what really gets what really got me started is the motivation. The motivation I had was when I realized Rotary is more than just a club. It's a family. I mean, to give one example, um, we like to host youth exchange students. So we've had seven long-term exchange students from all over the world. And when people join Rotary, they don't join because it's a club. They join because they want to do something. They want to do that service. So for us, when we started, it was all about youth exchange. And to give you one example, and I don't usually tell this story, but it's it's hitting me, hitting my heart right now. Um, we had a boy named Paco who was 16 years of age who came to live with us. Um, he was from Valencia, and you could have called him Happy Paco because he's always smiling, always <laughs> – he worked hard in school, helped around the house. And he was actually on the National League – In Spain for his age in soccer. So he was the star of the soccer program. Well, uh, two weeks after he came to live with us, I came down to the sunroom and he was just sobbing uncontrollably. And I was trying to ask him, what's wrong, Paco? And he couldn't tell me. Um, So I called his mom and uh, she told me that his father had just died. Oh, so I said, "Well, no problem. We'll 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 get on a plane with Paco and we'll take him home to Valencia, Spain." She goes, "No, he's to stay with you for a whole year because we usually in road we do three months with three different families and they stay for the school year." Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, <clears throat> okay. Can we fly you and Paco's younger brother Danny and yet younger sister Sarah to um, our home?" And they did. And when she got here, she told Paco and Catherine and I that his father had died via suicide. Um, And what we're told by psychologists is this is the most, you know, worst form of abandonment there is. If you were given up as a child, you can see how it could possibly be for the child's best interest. But when this happens, and when you're a teenager and you're egocentric and see the world uh, in terms of yourself, you might blame yourself for leaving home and then your father committing suicide. So, Because they were Catholic, they couldn't have a service um, in Spain. So we had a service here. And we had over 250 people come from all over the district to support Paco and his family and our family. Throughout the whole year, our club, you know, Doug McElrath brought his dog over. And, you know, people would take Mm -hmm. Paco to concerts and things. And there's a wonderful man, John Crudelli, Mm -hmm. whose father had died via the same way. And he was able to talk to Paco like we weren't. Um, you know, because Paco thought that he would see his father outside the window. Well, that turns out that's a natural thing, but I didn't know that. So that's when I realized Rotary is more than just a club. It's a family. So that's when I got the motivation, and that motivation, you know, led me to do jobs. And when I did a good job at those jobs, then I was asked to do other jobs. But it's really getting that point of motivation that makes you realize you want to do it.
0: That's it. We don't have to go anymore. I, I, was I just think. Say it. I'm like, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like I think. I think we hit it home here. <laughs> but
1: it's but it's interesting. You know, we all try to kind of boil down why we make the decisions we do, and having that powerful story, which I'm sure is inspiring to the listeners on here, Rotarians or not, of you know anybody who's listening to this show is compelled to do something more uh, serve and do all of these things and to probably hear you know the the mechanism that was the thing that that triggered you to, to to continue to serve I think it's gonna trigger that same thing into other people so thank you for sharing that I think that was an amazing share yeah. on what made you commit to, to leadership and I mean look at where you are I mean I mean Uh, incredible and we're so proud of you too I mean we don't we don't get enough opportunity to say that because you're so busy (laughs) and all over the place
0: (laughs) we're so honored when you're at the meeting in the morning it's like hey Tom (laughs) and even that's too brave too so yeah
1: well you
2: look like you had a question I
0: I... I was going to ask you can you share what has been your favorite service project
2: wow um There's been so many that have been so impactful. Um, I would have to say anything we do, any service project that we do, I get a lot out of. And it's interesting because our club is a traditional club. So we do things for the audience such as packing food for the hungry, Mm -hmm. raking leaves for people who can't rake leaves, even picking up trash along the side of the highway. And they all have been impactful for different reasons. But – I would say what Rotary's doing to cure polio is probably the biggest and most impactful thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this will be the only the second time in the history of the world that we've eradicated a disease. Yeah. So there are smallpox is the other, correct? Yes, yep. correct. So there would be millions of people around the world who would be crippled right now if we weren't vaccinating our children. So I see that as the most impactful because It's showing that when people go together, even if it's an audacious goal and we work together, nothing in Rotary gets done just because one person is doing something. It's together. We're working together to get things done. So I think that's a great example.
1: And it's a perfect segue into our next segment where you talked about how our club is a traditional club. We're going to get into the different forms of clubs, the things that we're doing in terms of membership And um, how Rotary is answering the call to continue to serve the community.
0: Love it. Thank you, everyone, so far for tuning in. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk.
1: And I'm Joseph Kirk.
0: Welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk. And I'm Joseph Kirk. And as a reminder, we love five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. (laughs) You're not going to follow me on that no, I love it. Love nothing. it. No, there's nothing else. Mic
1: drop. Done. <laughs> Five-star reviews. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. All I'm, right.
1: I'm doing the proper husband thing, just nodding my head, saying yes. And all, all you listening, you can't see it, but I am nodding my head. <laughs>
0: oh my all right. Joe, why don't you share what our next section is going to um, – what it's going to involve?
1: Yeah, Tom, one of the other – of the many – uh, hats that you wear, you are a member of Rotary International's membership committee. And we all know that membership is truly the the driver for all that is Rotary. Service is what we do. Membership is what we are about. Um, and, you know, as of all, as all things, um, you know, we go through our transformations and our changes and all of these things. And, you know, just talk a little bit about how... Rotary International is approaching membership and uh, what their goals and aspirations are for the the local clubs.
2: So Rotary is doing the right thing right now by conducting surveys. (laughs) Over the last two years, they conducted three surveys to various participants. Um, participants is the word we use because it's not just members, it's people who receive our services, you know, the youth exchange students and the families that host the youth exchange students, the people who we serve. And what we found out is that in order for Rotary to survive, and I think it's true with any organization, you know, we are delivering a product. Rotary is a business, and the product that it delivers – is club experience. So if the club experience is good, a club thrives. Um, It accomplishes what it wants to accomplish, whether it be service projects or growing more members or raising money for good causes. But if a club doesn't survive um, and doesn't thrive, it's because maybe the ideals aren't matching up with what people signed up for. So the important thing to do is to do an assessment, do a survey, and find out what our club members want because we want to give them the experience that they want. And then what we can do is we can change if it's an easy change to make or you know, put some time, even if it's a big change, and give them what they want. So Rotary is focusing on the club experience because if people leave Rotary, they're not leaving Rotary International. They're leaving a club, mm-hmm. and they might not know there's other clubs that meet different ways.
1: We'll talk about that a little bit because <clears throat> we we hit on that there's a traditional club which we're all members of, um, but what how else has Rotary adjusted its its focus to um, include and you know really really foster a, a creative
2: membership ability. Well, thank you for the question. You know, no organization survives for 117 years without being able to adapt. And if you look at Rotary, since about 1996, back then the average club size was about 60. Uh, Today the average club size is about 30. But we're still about at the same number, 1.4 million Rotarians worldwide. Well, the reason that we are is because we formed new clubs. So Rotary is full of people of action – they're the influencers in the town. They're the people who are the thought leaders, you know, your mayors, your elected officials, your authors. Um, but we traditionally meet either Monday through Friday around uh, a meal, a breakfast or a lunch. In the last few years, there's a movement in Rotary to start new and innovative clubs that reach out to the community and grab those potential people of action. Because we don't want to lose them if we can let them decide where they want to meet, when they meet, how they meet. They might want to meet on an electronic platform instead of having a fixed-cost meal involved. Mm -hmm. So over the last few years, we've started clubs um, to serve veterans, We've started clubs to end human trafficking. And it's interesting. Whenever we start one of these, they pop up all around the world. Mm-hmm. So we want to reach those people and let them serve the way they want to serve. And those
1: are cause-based clubs, correct? Is that, correct. That's how we characterize them. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So what, what from a large-scale standpoint from Rotary International, what are the directives? Like kind of give us the – you know, these are the things that we see. These are the things that we hope in, that, that all of our local clubs latch on to and adopt.
2: So Rotary, um, like many organizations, run by committees and there's various committees that make recommendations to a board of directors and then they pass legislation and it's approved by our collective body once every three years at a council legislation. But what Rotary really wants to do is it wants to have an impact And it wants to have an impact not so much by commanding and demanding but more by empowering and supporting. So that's what's so great about Rotary is that it doesn't focus on one area. We have, through the Rotary Foundation, which is a separate entity, seven areas of focus. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants to work on maternal and child health, they could do that. If somebody wants to work on fresh water – They can do that. If someone wants to work on literacy, they can do that. But if I, Tom Gump, wanted to start my own nonprofit, I mean, I would have to – in the U.S. at least, I'd have to go incorporate at the state I was in. If I wanted tax deductibility, I'd have to file a 1023 application with the IRS to get nonprofit status. Um, Then I'd have to raise the money to do the reporting. Rotary can do all that. So if you want to have a particular interest, like you want to fight – You know, human trafficking. If you want to save our environment, you can get money through the Rotary Foundation for both local grants and international grants. And you can do all that and have 1.4 million people to help you out and have a four-star charity navigator rating and to have everything that Rotary has to offer. So we don't want – as Rotary International, we don't want to tell people you have to do your club this way. It was that way for many years. That's why I couldn't join in 96, but I could join when I moved here to Minnesota. So we're changing and we're growing and we want to be the charity that people go to. And we can do that by adding flexibility.
0: It's it's so awesome. And as a, a newer Rotarian, right, I'm still in the trenches learning, it feels like. And so to learn about these different opportunities or avenues. And uh, it was brought to my attention. I believe um, Etta had shared it with me. Yeah, she, she shared the nonprofit component um, that Rotary offers individuals. And I was like, mind blown when I heard that. <laughs> it's, it, it's It's truly incredible. And, you know, in that very definitive moment of learning about that, I was like, oh, I can think of a couple of people who right there out the gate could be Not only great Rotarians, you know, an opportunity for them to come and see how our particular group operates differently Mm -hmm. and then, you know, utilize Rotary to their maximum benefit as well. Well,
1: and I think the greatest thing for anybody listening to this that is not a Rotarian is if you haven't seen a Rotary club or something that fits you or seems to reflect you, you can go to them and say... I want to start something, and if if you've got the the <laughs> the cojones to do so, yeah, we'll support you. Is essentially what Tom's getting at is you know yeah. where there's a will, there's a way, mm-hmm. and that's my favorite thing about Rotary is like like even this show, like I think about like even in preparation of Tom coming on here and Tom already doing what he does, and that's like add gasoline to the fire and go. Okay, how do we how do we make this like way bigger? Way no kidding. I know. All of a sudden like, like my Whoa! inbox is like
0: this.
1: <laughs> and, which is amazing. So now think of it if you're you're <clears throat> on the outside looking in and you've had this like this ping of a desire to to want to serve in some sort of way that you haven't seen reflected in your in your local rotary club that you can take that charge and I'm sure Tom would be happy to get your uh, information and help you connect you to that <laughs> yeah. resource. Be careful what you wish for everyone that's listening to this because he will make it happen. It's pretty fascinating.
0: He will take it and he will grow it yep. as best as he can. Yes, <laughs> It's awesome. Um, anything else? I feel like you were, dri- you were writing down some notes over there.
1: <laughs> some of them are very uh, like just personal stuff like, okay. wow, like that. Yeah, that, I didn't realize that you know we could do i mean essentially you could come up with an idea and then you go to the foundation which ironically november is foundation month so it does actually kind of tie in nicely to all of that um but if you have something that's near and dear to your heart to to go to the foundation as long as it's you know kind of in the the seven buckets of um but really i mean it it, it there's a very few things that aren't <laughs> that fall in one of the buckets of focus so Um,
0: You know, so I think just kind of teeing up for our next section, we did not actually really dive into what your role is. And so I think let's piece that in for our next section um, and then talk about like advice on the local level Mm -hmm. um, for individuals and then for those individuals who are searching for service as well. So we've been giving them a few little tidbits here and there, but let's dive into it a little bit more for this, this upcoming section. Sound good?
2: Great.
1: Awesome.
0: All right. Thank you so much for tuning in this section. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk.
1: And I'm Joseph Kirk.
0: Well, hello, and welcome back to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. As a reminder, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. I'm Kelly Kirk.
1: And I'm Joseph Kirk.
0: And with us, as a reminder, you have Tom Gomp, our special guest. Um, he is the aide to Rotary International President nominee, Stephanie. I'm going to butcher it. Urchak.
2: chick Your chick. chick Just think your chick. Your chick. Your chick. Well, there we go.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Just say it really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Lloyd's in the background. Give me two thumbs up. You're good, Kelly. You're good. You're good. So I I teed us up from the last section that we were going to dive in a little bit further into Tom Gump and his role and what that actually means, um, so our listeners know exactly who is Tom Gump and hey, what he? exactly
2: do you do. Here? What
0: do you do? <laughs> <laughs> So take it away, Tom.
2: Well, uh, right now in Rotary, there are several things I do. Uh, You mentioned my position as an aide. Uh, So we have an international president who oversees the board of directors. And what she or he does is help plan the major events of the year. We have an international conference, which could have 20,000 to 45,000 individuals. Um, Hers will be in Calgary. Uh, So um, in March, we will go and check out the venue and and plan for that. Don't we get have- any
0: funny ideas. <laughs> Joseph Kirk. <laughs> don't get any funny ideas. Tom, don't. Okay. I know. Okay. I know. It's, he's, he's a likely candidate to drag along. But.
2: And, you know, really, it's a great thing to drag along, too, because if you think about it, you experience the internationality of what Rotary is all about. If you see people from all around the world dressed in their native garb and you see all the projects that are being done in various areas from curing malaria to you know um you know you name it there's stuff going on so that's one thing we do uh we are working on planning uh, the council legislation which will be in 2025 where we're being one representative from each district so 536 representatives and alternates together to work on governance issues and to change our bylaws or constitution if they need it in the legislation uh we will work on international assembly which we have once a year in Orlando uh, Florida, where we train the district governors, because every area has got a governor that lasts for one year. And it's interesting because Rotary, one of its strengths is we have um, this changeover in leadership every year, so we always have that energy. But we also have great continuity where major projects such as polio um, get continued year after mm-hmm. year. Um, and then uh, my position as a member of the Rotary International Membership Growth Committee. Uh, We meet usually quarterly. There's 11 people on the committee from around the world, and we try to figure out how to grow Rotary. Um, And the reason we want to grow Rotary is because we have more hands to do more service and we could do more things. And it's such a great thing, but um, until now, I love this program and I love how it's external facing so people could find out about Rotary because there's so many people out there that want to do service, but they just don't know Mm -hmm. um, how to get involved. That's why it's important that we go out and we recruit people. Because 85% yeah. of our members were asked to join by someone. How did yep. you two join?
1: I was asked oh, by
2: Brandon Vitali. Oh, wonderful.
0: I was asked by my lovely husband, Joseph nice. Kirk.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah, two for two there. <laughs> wonderful. So someday when she's international president, it's because you brought her in. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's you never know where that leads.
1: Well, and it's a perfect segue into the – what we want to talk about is on the local level, we've seen challenges in in membership and COVID did, did nobody any favors (laughs) and and making it uh, far more difficult to meet in person or impossible to meet in person in some cases. Um, But just talk a little bit about what COVID did to kind of accelerate what we already kind of knew was going on in membership, but it, it really was kind of an acceleration and what we're doing to, to really challenge local clubs to um, kind of answer the call for what a new and exciting Rotary that is to come. Sure.
2: So you're right. Uh, Rotary is a membership organization, uh, but we do the world's best service. So um, COVID had everyone in the world take a pause, and people had to do an analysis, what's important to me, where do I want to spend my time, where do I want to spend my dollars. Um, and the reality is is as long as Rotary is adding value, people will join Rotary. We have to ask them what kind of value they want delivered. But Rotary is delivering a lot of value. Mm-hmm. I tell you in my personal experience, you know, a couple of years ago, one thing I wanted to work on, and our club is so supportive when any of us want to do something, I wanted to help the – Refugees from Afghanistan because they are our new neighbors. And I was realizing that they weren't getting the services and what they needed. And not all these things cost a lot of money. This project didn't cost a lot of money. We started a community corps for Afghan refugees. Rotary is so good because we have, we really do have the leaders in our community. In our club, we have the mayor, we have the school superintendent, we have the executive director. Uh, the Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. And we're not even the largest club in our city, but we have all that. So what we started doing is we started bringing in those individuals. And the most important thing we did was we asked them, what do you need? And what we thought they needed wasn't exactly what they really did need. Mm -hmm. What they wanted to do is they wanted to get jobs, but they couldn't get jobs because they couldn't drive to the jobs and they couldn't get a driver's license because they didn't have uh, the driver's license manual for our state. Translate into Pashtun and Dari. Well, I just had brought in a friend of mine, Peter Williams, to join our club. You guys Mm -hmm. know Peter. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we couldn't Google Translate. Um, and we didn't really think it was good to spend thirty thousand dollars to have it translated. Well, Peter works for a hedge fund, and he said we have special software we could do that. So we did that. And then the, every couple of weeks when we met with these groups, sometimes we had a hundred people there. They would say, "There, five or six people get up. I got my driver's license because of what we did." And that added so much value. And it was interesting because when we started this, I thought. We'll get new members into Rotary. But what it really did was we did some of that, but also some of the members of our club who were not really engaged in other projects, they wanted to do this. So we started engaging them. So the point is we can have huge impact just with connecting people. Um, I know we talked about the dollars that come in from the Rotary Foundation. That's there too. But we could also do it with not a lot of money because we have good people.
0: It's so – it's – Beyond incredible, what like that story alone right there? When we heard that at the rotary, when I heard it at the at our rotary meeting, I was like, "Kudos to you, Peter, that's so <laughs> awesome!" You know, you just think about it. I mean, it. I have had to go to the DMV and have had a heck of a time. I can't even imagine being somebody who is you know new to the country and trying to just go through those motions, but then having the support from Rotary. And how much that just kind of you know fast tracked everything for them too.
2: So Rotary is good for the people we serve, but it's also great for the people who are doing the serving. Because yeah. Peter feels great. I mean, it I mean no one joins a club to do nothing. People join Rotary because they want to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. and that's what we do.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that the law of receptivity is a very natural thing that we all we all need. Like that was the thing that I learned is well I can give all day, but unless I let somebody help me or ask for help, that cycle is never completed, and my cup never fills up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really great component of Rotary that is – we can't measure it. We can never measure that, right? Right. And, you know, you said something in in your answer there that I think that is worth talking a little bit more about is we asked what our community needs, and then we responded – Now let's talk a little bit about our clubs and say, is there a direct reflection to to the success of clubs that do listen to their community and clubs that maybe continue to do things the way that it worked out, you know, in the past? Not to say that it hasn't worked, but maybe it's not working as effectively as it it should now.
2: So uh, some of our traditional clubs have been around for 117 years. And, you know, let's face it, um, it's hard to change a culture. Mm Because to change a culture, you have to change people. And to change people is difficult. No one likes change except a baby with a wet diaper. Um, (laughs) But if we should. About to learn that one. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be coming soon. (laughs) Sure will. And now you'll think of Tom every single time you change a wet diaper. (laughs) (laughs) But the reality is Rotary can help. And it has a change model where you can actually do an assessment, a simple survey. Do you like how we meet, where we meet? Do you like our socials? Do you like our service projects? And then you can see – you could paint a picture for them. If we do this change, it's going to get you where you want to be. Maybe we have more people that could do more service projects. And then we can nurture the people along who are kind of resistant to change. We could do an assessment to find out what kind of tools we need, and we can make that change. You know, when we have our president-elect training seminars, we always have three questions come up. We have our president-elects or people about to be run their clubs say, well, how do I get members in? I'm afraid of public speaking and how do I make a change without alienating people? Well, we can do it and we can support them doing it. But those little changes to get people what they want make a huge difference. Now, the new clubs, they bring in the culture that they already have. Mm -hmm. So – and, you know, if you look at it, our new clubs are more diverse. You know, our Rotaract, which is our younger group, our college-age Rotarians, you know, they're 53 percent female. Our traditional clubs aren't that high yet, but we can get to gender parity. But the new clubs, they're starting at gender parity. So that's what's so exciting about the new clubs.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate that. That's
2: that's some really exciting stuff. It is.
0: Yeah. As a reminder, you're listening to Searching for Service, brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk.
1: And I'm Joseph Kirk. Come back for the fourth segment.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to Searching for Service brought to you by District 5950 and 5960. I'm Kelly Kirk.
1: And I'm Joseph Kirk. And just a quick reminder, you can sponsor a show. Reach <laughs> out for sponsorship opportunities.
0: <laughs> That's so good show. So good. All right. As a reminder, we have our special guest with us, Tom Gump. And so Joe, I'm going to, I'm going to pass the torch on over to you so you can lead us into our final section here.
1: I think that we've, we've really uh, approached a lot of heavy things and, you know, the reality of what Rotary is going through and adapting, you know, very well, by the way. Um, But let's talk about what, what do you have as far as aspiration and dreams for, for Rotary, just a personal dream of what Rotary looks like to you in the future?
2: You know, that's a great question. I've actually never been asked that question before. And what popped, the visual that popped in my mind is, you know, from the 70s, that Coca-Cola commercial where everyone's holding hands and singing, you know, Together, they work together to make the world a better place. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about Maureen, the librarian from our club. And I just had a flashback of when I first, one day after church, I asked her to join. And she said, you know, people asked me about six years ago to join. And um, it wasn't the right time for me. But I think I'd like to be a member of your club and I'd like to do that. Then I think back to a few weeks ago when we were at our refugee committee when we had 100 refugees there, and she's in the back handing out library cards and getting people signed up for library cards. And you're thinking that might not be a big deal, but if you had just been forced out of your country, you'd come to a place where you don't know anyone, you don't have access to the internet, you can get free internet through the library. And again, that doesn't help just the refugees, it helps Maureen, too. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to bring more people in the Rotary. You know, it it sounds like a lot of people, 1.4 million is a lot of people, but there are a lot more people out there who want to do a lot more good in the world. And there's no reason why we can't be 10 million people if we just add some flexibility to our rules and our governance and our meetings Um, because I'd like to see more good done in the world and people who think similarly doing it together. One of the things I most admire
1: about you, Tom, is you really do a great job of, like, breaking down boundaries. And you always ask the question, like, what needs to be true? Like, what needs to be true for this to happen? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist now, but what needs to be true? And I think that if we as all Rotarians can ask that question at all times, I mean, I think that we can begin to break down what those barriers and and our limited thought process and belief around that. So – I really applaud you at, at exuding that every single day with everything you touch is that you seem to break down the boundary and ask, well, what needs to be true? Well, then let's do that. And It's, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> it is completely possible to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think that that's so inspiring to all of us Rotarians and, you know, anybody who's listening to this that is not a Rotarian, that's that's considering, you know, different um, service projects to be part of. I mean, how to not be inspired by you is, I mean, it's um, it's impossible not to be. So thank you. I don't, I don't think that this gets said to you enough either is thank you for everything that you do. And it is a lot, people, um, anybody who's <laughs> listening to it. I get a, you know, Kelly and I get a front row seat. We're part of the same club. So we get, we understand just how much you do on a daily basis for Rotary and for, you know the people at large. So thank you. We don't get to see you enough. <laughs> <laughs> <on> That's <laughs> what I
0: keep thinking about. Um, I do just want I want to share something real quick with you. So I'm going to go a little bit off off the page here. But I I did have somebody. It was actually a former client of mine um, who reached out. She said, "Hey, I noticed like you're doing stuff with Rotary, right?" I said, "Yeah, I just joined." And this, I mean, it couldn't have been but a month, month and a half being a part of Rotary and Edina Morningside. And she said, gosh, I have had a heck of a time trying to get in to just visit a Rotary. And I said, really, 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 really? So I did invite her. And unfortunately, um, the day that she was supposed to come is something popped up in her schedule. But I keep thinking just about what you were sharing and how – it really like i need to reinvite her and show her that what she thinks is ultimately true about rotary or what she has encountered with rotary so far is not def- it's not the definitive thing that is rotary Right. It's right. just mm-hmm. the avenue that she has tried so far is just not actually working for her. But let's let's have her over to Edina Morningside and in the morning and have Tom Gump there. too. <laughs> we need Tom Gump to talk to Leslie.
2: <laughs> I would be happy to talk to Leslie or anyone else because yeah. and, you know, thank you for thanking me. But the reality is I get so much more out of Rotary than I could ever put in. I mean, I was working on a grant for the Ukraine right before the war started. And the war started, and it turns out the gentleman I was helping, his father was district governor. So, you know, I was able to bring... Ukraine to the United States. And, you know, Ukraine is growing members right now. They are up 20% since the beginning of the war. And they're still meeting. They're meeting electronic. Yes. And you know what they're doing? They're all learning to be firefighters. So then when a building gets bombed, they could put that out. Mm. You know, we have friends and family from around the world. Every exchange student that comes lives with us. You know, we go visit them. I mean, if we had – Youth exchange people all end up being, you know, governing their countries. We wouldn't have wars in the world Mm -hmm. because it's a communication. And if we can let your friend know, Leslie, whatever you want to do, whether it be local service, whether it be international service, whatever she wants to do, if she just wants to connect with people, she can see the good in the world if she joins Rotary.
0: She's done some incredible things, Mm -hmm. both locally locally. And nationally, but internationally too. And so I think just how Rotary can, can service her would be wildly beneficial and vice versa because mm-hmm. she's got an incredible story to tell.
1: Fantastic. Well, then what's, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is considering service or a current Rotarian that might be a little disengaged?
2: I would ask them and listen to them about what they want out of life. You know, everybody wants to have meaning and purpose. And Rotary can give you that meaning and purpose in so many different ways. You know, I look at my son who is an Interactor. That's the high school version of Rotary. And when we go pick up trash at the side of the highway, he calls his friends the night before. Does an advanced plan, but he gets eight or nine of them there and they all feel good after they've done that mm-hmm. job and they've done it together. Mm-hmm. But I think so many times when you're trying to recruit, you try to give that elevator speech. And I don't think that's the right way. I think we actually have to listen to what people want. You know, I was in Chicago at our um, headquarters. At a Pets Alliance. So we have these president-elect training seminars. And um, there were four or five Rotarians trying to convince this bartender, probably about 25 years old, about why he should join Rotary. I was walking by to get to my room and and you have to go by the bar. And they said, Tom, you're a membership expert. Come over here. What do you have to tell him to join Rotary? And I said, I don't have to tell him anything. They said, what? You're a membership expert? You don't have an elevator speech? I said, no, because the most important thing we have to do is listen. I mean, most of my friends that joined Rotary, it's because they wanted to know why someone was living at our home. How did we have that youth exchange student? How did you get to Honduras to build that well? You know, I got a call right when COVID started from Tom Thorfinson. He's the head um, strategy officer at RI. And he wanted our district to put in $70,000 to a grant to Italy to put in two life-saving equipments in every hospital in every district around Italy. So we ended up raising 1.3 million euro. Um, but that project not only saved a bunch of lives, it actually changed my life because I realized I could make a difference because I was a part of Rotary. So thank you.
0: Tom, <laughs> we could go so much longer. Um, however, we – We'll have we to have, have, have you back we'll on. We'll have to have you back on. So <laughs> um, thank you again for taking time out of your, your Friday afternoon to – join us and um, be a part of this adventure this searching for service adventure so um, as a reminder you are listening to searching for service and thank you so much for tuning in brought to you by district 5950 and 5960 as a reminder it's time to stop searching
1: and start serving thank you so much tom thank you